Welcome to ECA Interviews, the sideshow where one member of the East Coast Avengers podcast will sit down with the guest and ask them all about their latest work or just to chat. So sit back and relax and let's start the interview. This is episode number four of ECA Interviews. If you've missed the three previous interviews, let me explain who we've had on. Episode one was Ryan Little, the creator of Make Believe. Episode 2 was Josh Dwayne, the creator of Twilight Custard. And the most recent episode, episode 3, was Ryan Dross, the creator of Stealth Hammer. Now, you can find all of these interviews on every major streaming platform that you can find your podcast. I hope you enjoyed them all, and let's get into this interview. And welcome back to ECA Interviews. My name is JT, and the previous uh, interviews that I have done have all been with comic book creators. That's right. You flip the page, you read the panels. It's awesome. However, today's interview is one that personally I'm super excited for because I'm interviewing someone. A, he's a doctor. Uh, B, uh, I'll let him explain what he's what he's got his doctorate in. But and B, I'm interviewing someone who has actually written a book, which is very very fascinating. Uh, so first off, I want to introduce to you all, Doctor Gordon Schmidt. How are you doing today, Doctor? <laughs> Uh, uh, doing great. Uh, Gordon's just fine. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. Gordon. Don't live on the doctor, but. <laughs> got you, got you. Well, the floor is yours. Uh, tell us, every, tell everyone, how are you doing today and uh, what you're all about? Yeah, yeah, doing good. Um, yeah, so I'm Gordon Schmidt. Um, I've got a doctorate in industrial organizational psychology. Uh, so the psychology of sort of the workplace, trying to understand how we behave in particular ways, how to motivate people. Um, I do, uh, I teach, I'm a professor of management at the University of Louisiana Monroe. Um, and so I teach about things like leadership, uh, training, human resource development, organizational behavior, uh, and stuff like that. And so I also do research as part of my job. Um, and so I do research related to sort of the future of work. So how technology affects the workplace. Um, but a new area we've gotten into is kind of how do we get the ideas of our field out there into the world in an understandable format and a fun format. Um, and so my uh, my colleague and my friend, Sai Islam and I, we've been writing these articles about how we should get out there and talk to people and help them to understand the things we, we know from research. Um, and one way that we decided to do this is through this book. <laughs> and so our book is called uh, Leaders Assemble Leadership Lessons from the MCU. And it focuses on trying to teach you about leadership, how you can become a better leader, how you can engage in this process of leadership, of influence better. Um, and we do it through Marvel superhero movies. <laughs> so we talk about Captain America. We talk about Iron Man. We talk about the Avengers. Um, and through the movies, you learn about different types of leadership. We learn about how leaders deal with conflict. We talk about things like servant leadership. So how leaders can really help their uh, their followers and, and stuff like that. Uh, and so the idea is, you know, you can watch a, a fun Marvel movie and also use that to learn how to be a better leader in your life. Um, and so that was kind of the goal we had for the book. It's part of this series by Emerald Publishing, an academic publisher uh, called Exploring Leadership Through Popular Culture. So they've got books on Star Wars, um, Middle Earth, and uh, Harry Potter as well. But ours is all about uh, Marvel superheroes <laughs> and comic books. Absolutely. Um, and, and you know what? Yeah. I think you're hitting the nail right on the head because it seems like Marvel right now, at least, 
is the most popular genre of superhero. I mean, like that brand, Marvel's brand is the most popular. It's it's pumping out content left and right. And, um, you know, it, it's very interesting when you see a book like this that teaches, you know, the lessons of leadership within a, you know, a fictional world and something that, you know, you look at Captain America and you're obviously going to see a leader. Um, can you Can you kind of describe to me, did you watch these movies in detail to try to figure out, okay, you know, how Captain America or an Iron Man or whoever it may be, how they kind of, you know, emulate this leadership uh, S quality. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting thing. So my co-author Sai and I, you know, we grew up as big Marvel fans, read a lot of comic books, and we were so excited when these Marvel movies were started coming out. And being such such a high quality, you know, when things like the first X Men movie came out, you were like, "Wow, there's a superhero movie that's not horrible." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. such a step forward, <laughs> you know. Um, and these and the Marvel Cinematic Universe has brought it to a level well beyond anything I thought was possible. Being, you know, a kid reading comics that people thought it was weird because you're over twelve years old <laughs> and reading a comic, right? Right. And that's not the world we live in. We we live in anymore. Um, and so, you know, what we did, you know, when both Sai and I, we use various pop culture in our classes, you know, when I watch something, our brain kind of clicks on related to leadership and topics we know. So things like, you know, watched the Sandman recently, mm. and I'm thinking about how that connects to training um, and things like that yep. and the topics already. So we sort of had these ideas in our head. But it was with the book really trying to think them through. And yeah, we rewatched the movies with sort of this lens even more of how does this relate to leadership? What could it be? Um, and I think one thing we try to do in the book is think about the them not just as good leaders or bad leaders, but also things they did well and things they did poorly uh, in, in their leadership. And so somebody like Captain America, we look at him as a servant leader, someone who really wants to do the best for others who really is willing to sacrifice himself for others. Um, but he also makes mistakes within the movies. Um, I think really Captain America's Civil War is kind of, to some degree, the biggest tragedy across the films um, because him and Iron Man, Tony, cannot get on the same page and figure out how can we save the Avengers as a group. They get into this conflict, right? About right. who should run the Avengers and what they should do. And instead of compromising or coming up with a new solution, you know, the Avengers break up essentially, right? Or functionally do. Um, and I think the rest of the Marvel movies would have been different if the Avengers could have worked it out. So <laughs> even yeah. the leader as good as Captain America makes mistakes, just like we all make mistakes too. Absolutely. And learn from them. And that's part of what we do in the book. Absolutely. And it, it sounds like, I mean, every single time you are explaining to these you know, these points of leadership and how you're bringing in the MCU into this. My brain only goes to one thing, and that is, you know, the chapters of the book. Are they necessarily like each movie? Like chapter one is on Iron Man, chapter two is on the, you know, or does it have a, do you do you focus on a quality in leadership that you just reference the movies in? Good question. Um, so within our setup, it is sort of focused on a leadership topic and tends to be focused on a movie or two, uh, essentially. Okay. And to make it kind of uh, easy for the reader of, you know, if you wanted to rewatch Iron Man and learn about authentic leadership, 
you'd be good with that. Um, and so we did try to pair it up that way. Some move, some chapters have a few movies we talk about. So we've got a chapter on Iron Man as being an authentic leader, somebody who really acts as themselves. Um, and this is a struggle that we see across movies of Tony trying to figure out what type of leader he could be or should be um, because he's, he he keeps trying to give up being Iron Man, right? Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> In the early movies, it's like, yep. I should just be a philanthropist and a good guy. To be a good person, I should be on the sidelines, I don't know, donating money. Kind of like the argument Batman shouldn't be Batman. He should be just donating to charity instead, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, but but then that stuff makes him miserable to not be that one on the front line, making the sacrifices, saving the day. Uh, and so for him to be his best leader across Iron Man, all the Iron Man movies and the Avengers, he kind of figures out where his contribution is and what he wants to do. And so all of him quitting Iron Man doesn't fit with really the type of person he is. He can't be someone just the bankroller in the background, right? He needs to be out there leading and making sacrifices as we see him ultimately do in the series, right? And so that's what we talk about in that chapter, being self-aware, being authentic, uh, and reflecting on what matters to you. Because a perfect job for me could be a horrible job for you, right? just based on what your preferences are. Even if you're good at something, it doesn't mean that's what you want to do. But sometimes we feel that way, right? Absolutely. Um, and so that's one of the things we talk about in the chapter. And so a lot of chapters have that. We got a great example from a movie. And then we talk about leadership concept related to that. We give some more examples. Uh, and then we also pair that with you reflecting on your own experiences. So we don't want you to just be like, hey, Captain America is a good leader. Well, I can't be one. We want you to say, well, Captain America is a servant. Who have I seen like that? And how can I serve as a leader when I'm engaging in leadership. And so we really want this to be something you can use in your life, even though we're talking about, you know, superheroes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so when I'm, when I'm looking at this as well, um, you know, I mentioned before we started recording, uh, once payday hits for me, I'm immediately buying this book. I, you know what, I may even buy it after this interview because it is, <laughs> it is a very interesting book. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it here. Um, I did want to ask you one question. Now, when you first wanted to start writing these and you and your partner got together, was that something that y'all collectively came to and said, Hey, we're going to do this. Or was it more or less like, Hey, you like this. I like this. Let's kind of, you know, brainstorm on what we could talk to the real world about these superheroes. Yeah. So I kind of see that as a few different parts. I think the secret origin <laughs> as it were, is Cy and I just spend a lot of time on Twitter talking to each other <laughs> okay. about comic books, about stuff we're watching, making jokes. Uh, I'll be I'll be reading comics and I'll take screenshots and send them to him and, you know, be like, what's going on here? Oh, this is interesting or making a joke. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so we already had kind of this dialogue about comic books and comic book movies and, you know, other other sort of nerd pop culture stuff. And then just what happened in this case was going out to one of the academic listservs was. Uh, the editor of this of this new series, uh, Exploring Leadership Through Popular Culture, Mike Yurick, great guy, said, hey, we're looking for proposals. And so I was like, huh, we should do a proposal. <laughs> and so Cy and I decided, let's put one together. What's a good one? Marvel, Marvel movies would be great to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so just it was sort of we saw a potential opportunity. We said, hey, I think we could do this. We've got we've got the nerd knowledge. <laughs> yeah, we like. Yeah, <laughs> we think they're great for this purpose. 
Um, so that's kind of how we came up with it. Because I think we were always talking about how do we get our ideas out there? And we do that through Twitter. I do that through LinkedIn as well. Um, but how do we really make this stuff understandable? And we've done some of this in class. Like I did a, a an event on campus talking about the Avenger movie, the original Avenger movie when it came out. And we talk about this stuff in class. And so it was like, hey, this could be a broader audience for it. Because it's harder to bring everybody into my class. But to put this out in the world, a lot more people can see this and learn um, from these examples that, you know, we love these movies. <laughs> a lot of right. people love love these movies and they're they're passionate about them right <laughs> oh absolutely i mean i mean we as a podcast uh we talk about every everything around the nerd verse as we call it uh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we we started right the day before in-game happened so um it's really interesting to see that someone who actually teaches a class can talk about this stuff with their class like i just i find that so you know astounding and and, and i think it's 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 fascinating as well because you know, when I grew up, it was more or less like, hey, if you like this stuff, you kind of have to keep it on uh, like a secret, like, like, Ooh. oh, you don't want to be a nerd in front of all these people. Well, now that narrative have, has completely switched. And if you read comics or if you go see these movies or if you do cosplay or whatever the case may be, like you are now, you know, looked at, as, you know, viewed as a cool person almost. And to see that you actually teach this stuff and bring it up <laughs> in school that makes me smile because I'm like that. It needs to happen everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, well, you know, I want people to learn the stuff. So right. if you learn yeah. it by talking about this, or we've talked about people with like someone to talk about teaching leadership with RuPaul's drag race. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> th there's things all talking to reality shows, yes. all those, the things we do in the world are all things that we can learn from. Um, and so to me, to me, it's always about how do we get this to fit your own interests so that it's meaningful uh, to you. Because, yeah, we can talk about it in the most dry way possible, but then you forget it. But you can yeah. remember what Cap did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how that might and, be a good lesson for you. <laughs> and, and one a side question I have for you. you know, are all of your students that that are listening to you give this lecture on on, you know, Marvel, Marvel superheroes and stuff? Are they into it as much as, you know, you and everyone else? Or are they just kind of like, all right, come on, teach. Let's let's hurry it up. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, what I do a lot in the classes is I bring in a lot of different pop culture and you do a clip here and a discussion here. Um, and so I, there is sort of the trying to get a feel for where the class is at in terms of what they like. Um, so so I don't try to just like, let me drone on about, a, you know, 90 Spider-Man books. <laughs> right. Right. I, I like Spider-Man. And, that, you know, that was a big era for me. Right. You know, I really try to be like, here's a, here's a funny clip that you would like regardless of who you are, what you do. Uh, and I do that in some of my classes when I teach training methods. I use a clip from the show, The IT Crowd, to talk about differences of people training needs and performance. Because most of the students don't know The IT Crowd. Um, you know, it was, a po it was a popular show in Britain and it you know, came over here some, but the clip itself is still hilarious. <laughs> right. And so the right. students love it, even if they don't know the thing. With Marvel, of course, they're more likely to know the thing um, but I don't assume you're going to, if I make a reference, you're going to get it perfectly mm -hmm. because yeah, we all love different things and that's cool. Uh, so I try to meet the per people where they're at um, and try to figure out what, what references really resonate with them. Yeah. It, it's almost sounding like I need to take your class, even though I've, I've been out of college for a couple of years now, I've, <laughs> I, I would like to just enroll in this class just to, just to have fun and, and, and have discussions. Um, my couple more questions for you here. Um, 
do you have a favorite uh, chapter or a favorite uh, kind of, I guess, thing in the book uh, that that is, you know, resonates with you the most or one that just sticks out to you? Um, what's your favorite thing in the book? Uh, so, you know, it's kind of hard to pick a favorite. Um, I do really like, so our chapter talking about, um, you know, Iron Man and his path towards authenticity, I think is really, is really interesting in thinking about what that is and how he's got to find himself versus just thinking about what others do. Uh, we've got another chapter that I like a lot. That's about, um, the X-Men and sort of this idea of, sense-making and figuring out who you are and what you're about um, and how leaders impact that. And so I talk about why some people might go with <laughs> Professor Xavier, why some people might go with Magneto, um, why well, some people might be like, oh, being a mutant's a curse, I should get cured, right? Right. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting discussion about this idea of how our reality is really affected by leaders and how we frame the situation. So the same mute, the one mutant might see things very differently because of, you know, their own interests, uh, what they find appealing. Uh, and we see that within the uh, the X-Men movies as well, where we've got that one student, Pyro, who, you know, he's part of Xavier's school, but doesn't really care about the mission Xavier has. While Magneto's use your power and mutants should be in charge appeals to him. So he joins them. Exactly. Uh, yep. it's, a, it's it's unfortunate that trilogy kind of fell apart. <laughs> right, right. You know, because yeah. it, it would have been really interesting to see how did Pyro develop. Yeah, um, no, that would have been, that would have been a great story, honestly, because I, I can remember that scene where, uh, it, you know, they, they're at the, the, the house or whatever, and he just like has the lighter and he lights the fire. And then it's, it's just one of those where it's like, you feel that, that flip from, he went from, you know, the good guy to the bad guy. And you're like, okay, well now you, you can kind of see it throughout the movie hinting at it. And then here's the final, um, yeah. in wrestling terms, the heel turn. Yeah. Um, the heel turn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, He so, didn't get more of that, unfortunately. And I think at the time it was like, Ooh, this is interesting. This is a good angle for pyro, but because it didn't, that, you know, we, we sputtered out, unfortunately we never got to get, you know, sort of an emotional feeling of betrayal or that type of thing, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. All right. My last question for you, uh, Gordon, is tell the people where they can find this book, because I'm looking at it now, but I want you to, you know, to kind of tell everyone where they can find it and where they can, you know, find you at uh, just to talk about the book or to talk about, you know, some things that they find interesting in the book. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. So the book itself is available all over the place online. So Amazon, if you just look up Leaders Assemble, Leadership in the MCU, you'll find it there. It is on Barnes and Noble. Um, it's being sold online through Walmart. Uh, and, um, oh, it's on eBay. It's really interesting to see <laughs> people sell it on eBay. Uh, and you've got the people selling it for like three times cover value for unknown reasons. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's how eBay, they're scalping yeah. the book. You could buy it at cost. <laughs> exactly. At exactly. On Amazon. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but apparently it's valuable to some people to, to get somebody to buy it, I guess, for 60 bucks instead of the 30 it should be. Right. Um, and then online, um, I am on Twitter uh, under the username at IO psychology. Um, and if you look up Gordon Schmidt, you'll, you'll probably find me. Uh, pretty easily. I am on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> if you like LinkedIn, I don't know how many people hype their LinkedIn's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but in my field, that's not that's not uncommon. <laughs> right. right. But it gets a little bit more of a laugh on uh, 
non-academic podcast probably <laughs> yeah you, um, you, you're surprisingly you're not the first nor probably the uh you know put their linkedin in yeah yeah and so and you can certainly feel free to connect with my colleague Sai islam as well my co-author on that book he's on linkedin and on uh on twitter as well so all right. Well, I appreciate you so much for joining me on this podcast, Gordon. I am going to go ahead and buy this book as we speak, um, and I cannot wait to read it. Uh, as all of the listeners should, it is a fantastic book from exactly what Gordon said, um, and you all should buy it as well. Again, Gordon, thank you so much, and I will talk to you later. Great. Had a lot of fun.